Hello, Robin. Hello, Trev. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of WN Movie Talk Podcast. Podcast, podcast. Uh, formerly known as We Need to Talk About Movies Podcast. But now we're WN. We have been for ages since Robin joined, actually. Um, and this is sort of coming up a year. It was about Christmas time, wasn't it? So Is it really? In a while. Yeah. Cool. But we've had like six months off. So. <laughs> yeah. So we've only had a, like we've only had two successful recorded podcasts in that time. <laughs> <laughs> this week's movie is one that I've been on to Robin for ages I wanted to watch. Mm. I've gave him a copy of mm. it. And um last week when I said, Oh no, I really want to do Harold and Maud, he sort of rolled his eyes a bit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, thought, I did. I don't think he wants to watch it, but you've I made you watch it. So, without going too far into it, Robin, what was it? What you expected? No, I, I well, I think as a reflection on films that I like, I often, if I watch a film and I I really enjoy it, I want to watch it again straight away. Yeah, and I did watch this one again straight away. Oh, did so you? <laughs> I'm not going to give any more away than that right now. No, but I it did is, watch it. Yeah, yeah, it is a great film. It's from mm. the 1971 from a director called Hal Ashby. And it was a film that I found out about when I was reading a book called Easy Riders Raging Bulls by Peter Biskind, which was all about how the sex and drugs generation saved Hollywood. Films getting a bit darker, you know, um, like Easy Rider and Bonnie yeah. and Clyde and all things like that. And it goes into the 70s. Hal Ashby played a big part in that. I wasn't aware of him at the time, but I have since watched a lot of his films. And yeah, just an interesting time to make films, I mm. thought. And a weird looking guy, because he has a, a sneak bit in this <laughs> yeah, film, cameo in the film, doesn't he? And he, he is odd looking. I mean, at that time, he probably wasn't. Yeah, I think he was at the back of the 60s, wasn't he? And um, yeah, yeah, looks a bit like a, <laughs> like a <laughs> tramp. <laughs> but that's uh, anyway. Harold and Maud. So we will come on to Harold and Maud later on. Yes. Uh, because first of all, about this time of the evening, I like to ask my brother, Robin. Robin, have you watched anything this week? And I have. Um, oh, have you been? know, but I do... It, it kind of, I'm sort of reflecting on it, it sort of concerns me because previously, you know, I've talked about, I mean, if you can remember some of the god-awful things I've mentioned, like Harry, Harry Hill, Hill <laughs> Alan G. Alan G. This week, I watched The Fuzz, um, and it was about puppets. Oh, right, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's kind of like, it's it was sort of a cross between The Muppets, Sesame Street, and... Um, Scarface uh, with a police storyline yeah. fed in there as well. It's not um, the one with that um, Melissa McCarthy or whatever her name is, is it? Uh, the Ghostbusters uh, film? No, no. I something have, I, else, to be fair, I, if she was in it, I probably wouldn't have bothered. No, because there's a few of these I, films. There's been a couple of, of these sort of films now, and she was yeah. in one, and it looked shit. But what was it like then, Rob? Was it any good? It was shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think with things like that, it it tends to be a one gag sort yeah, of it, and, yeah. and the gag it, wears thin after a while, doesn't it? It does. Um it, it was kind of low budget, no acting quality at all. Mm. And yeah, I think it was. I think, you know, oh what a great idea. And then you know, within no time at all you're thinking, geez, what am I watching? Mm. I did persevere with it. It took like free visits to get through the whole thing i couldn't watch it all in one go it's dreadful um and i don't know why i continued really i perhaps i was hoping it would 
just have some good bits in it. It didn't. Yeah. Well, last year I watched yeah. um, some of the early films from the director Peter Jackson, who done like Lord of the Rings famously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but his earlier films, Bad Taste, Brain Dead, and Meet the Feebles, which was his sort of take on the Muppets, and it was like Muppets that swore and done drugs and was sick and had sex. Yeah, and yeah. I just found that very hard going. It was a joke that wolf in within seconds, to be honest. Yeah, so I watched that. But the other thing I've watched this week, it was V from the miniseries, oh, yeah, the, original, yeah, the original, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, that was all right. I kind of enjoyed watching that back. I remember watching sitting. I've got all of the episodes on DVD. And near the end, I mean, it became so bad. And it just, the budget just fell away. And by the end of it, like main characters from the original miniseries were running across the road and getting dis- disintegrated mid-show. And it was like, oh, well. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. That was a main character who's been in it since the... Does anyone not... Nobody cares. Oh, okay, let's crack on. And I just get the impression that they kind of just ran out of budget and went, we can't afford to pay for you any anymore, mate. No. Well, in that case, I'm off. Yeah, fine. Can you just run across that road? <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure nice. um yeah so watch that as well that's it so not a great deal of quality uh, until we get to ha- until we got to uh harold and maud but uh, how about yourself i did start watching a film as part of my films that i own that i haven't watched yet but i didn't finish it and that was um last tango in paris all right yeah with, that's uh, uh marlon marlon Brando, Brando. yeah that's right uh i tell you what Porn films are more believable than that. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even come around to fix the washing machine. You know, they just. <laughs> it's a bit of a bizarre film. I don't know if you know. I, d- the film, I haven't. I, I know of it. I've heard. I, I know it was. Marlon they both Brando. accidentally rent a flat at the same time. The woman doesn't realise she's let let it out to two people, and then they just meet in there and straight away just start having sex. And <laughs> Bit rapey, it was, the way he's a bit it was like Marlon Brando. Straight over to her, <laughs> picks her up. But it got me thinking, though, watching that, and he's like, she's like twenty years old or something. The girl, Marlon Brando, is like he's playing a forty-year-old, but you can tell he's like he's probably in his fifties or sixties. And you get that a lot in romantic comedies. I saw something popped up the other day, and it was. Dustin Hoffman in a romantic comedy. I can't remember what it's called. But he's really old and the girl's really young. Steve Martin done a film called Shop Girl where it was him and Claire Danes and he's really old and she's really young. And you think, that's weird, but it's accepted. And then Harold and Maud, because it's the other way around, a young man and an old woman, it's like, what? Yeah. It, it just made me think watching that. I was thinking, well, what, you know, why is that all right? Harold and Maud, especially at the time it was released, people were like, no, no, can't have a young man cavort him with an older woman. Because people who don't know the film, it's basically about a young bloke who starts a relationship with an older woman. Um, but there's more to it than that. We'll get into that later. But yeah, it's it's a bit of a satire, isn't it? But Yeah, I was just looking. There was one as oh, well. Completely uh, with... all right the other way, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, there was one with, was it Peter O'Toole as well? Did he not do one with Jodie Whittaker? Yeah, he's done one, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of them. You know, it's probably an endless list that way round. But then this is yeah. like a... Well, it's interesting you say about yeah. Dustin Hoffman, because probably Dustin Hoffman was, because he was obviously in The Graduate, 
and and that was a slightly older woman. Are you trying to suggest my mother? Yeah, yeah. Did but you like she was there? fit, wasn't she? You know, she's quite fit for her well, age. Well, you're so you're saying Maud's <laughs> not fit for her age. Uh, <laughs> well, she's in her eighties. <laughs> well, it's a bit different. She's seventy nine. There is fair. fifty years. 50, <laughs> 51 years between Ruth Gordon and Bud Court. Yeah. So it's quite a difference. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. But you're she right. is great. It, and I, I think is it great. is, I mean, maybe that's just, again, it's another example of kind of the way that Hollywood and, and movies are kind of accepting of, of, of male scenarios in that situation, mm. perhaps in the past, but not so much for, for women. Yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre. But The Graduate, yeah, that was a good... I, did, I was thinking, what other films are there where there's a younger bloke yeah, and an I, older woman? But that was a good good film, good uh, choice there. But she was more, like, seductive. Yes. She wasn't a nice person, yeah, was she? No, absolutely. But that's a great film. Another film, actually, that just come out a couple of years just before this, that was another one that changed the face of Hollywood at the time, you know? Mm-hmm helped edge in this era that i i find it the most fascinating time in cinema yeah. myself yeah. the 70s grittier and uh yeah i just wish we was back there sometimes yeah movie wise you know people were breaking boundaries a little bit weren't they they were things had gone a little bit stale and these sorts of cult films because that's what this film is isn't it it wasn't successful at the time was it no it was re-released i think at the end of the decade at the end of the 70s and that's when it sort of found its audience the audience wasn't ready for it at the start of the 70s no because i think uh, i think as well at the start of the 70s even though like it's speaking out against war and vietnam and the government and you know it's the main americans at that time weren't ready to have that sort of yeah you can't criticize the government you can't yeah you know but by the end they was completely sick of the government because of watergate and nixon and stuff and they was completely sick of the war and it was like yeah this film's hit the nail on the head actually yeah yeah definitely that's why it had time to settle didn't it anyway before we come on to harold and maud oh yes 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 you posed a question for our facebookers i i actually came up with one and i thought that might be quite good somebody might think of one did they? Yeah. Um, I, I just completely forgot to think of a question again. Um, but we said we're movies on it. with a great soundtrack, you said, wasn't it? Mm, because yeah. Cat Stevens does the soundtrack of Harold and Maud. Uh, it's quite a unique sort of sound, isn't it? It gives it its, it is. its own I, feel. But identifiable straight away as Cat Stevens. Oh, 100%. Obviously. Yeah. You can't miss him, can you? Although there was, it was a, one no. song. It started singing it. And I thought, is that the guy that sang Toy Story? You got a friend in... But it wasn't. It was Cat Stevens. I was oh, like, oh, it's is Cat no, Stevens. Yeah. What am I thinking? Why would he be in there? So, movies with a great soundtrack. Go. Becca Gulliver, she said, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Baby Driver, Train Spotting, and Apocalypse Now. Pulp Fiction, obviously a classic soundtrack. Tarantino really knows... Oh, yeah. It's that pop culture, isn't it? And it just... It accentuates the film, but it stands out as an album on its own, a great mixed disc. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, again, is him. Baby Driver, great driving yeah, tunes. Yeah. It's good. Ed Wright, Edgar Wright. Yeah. Who done... Or Shaun of the Dead. Shaun yeah. of the Dead and that. Yeah, it, again, he's he's great at sort of pop culture and putting songs and things in. Train Spotting, yeah, that was a great yeah. album. Yeah. I used to have that album myself. Good shout. Good Back shout. Along, a long time ago. And Apocalypse Now, yeah, you've got to have the Vietnam films. A lot of them have got just a fantastic soundtrack. Just that era again. Music was there, yeah. wasn't it? Drop it in. 
Drop it in. Things like The Doors, uh, what have you. The Doors movie soundtrack, actually, was quite a good movie soundtrack, I mm. remember, from uh, years ago. That's a very good list. Yeah. Kristen Mitchell says Blade Runner, original. Uh, so I suppose that's the, the score. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, another great Oh, yeah, mix. it's got that mixtape in it. Mixtape. And it, it goes, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Can't go wrong with those songs. Tommy. Tommy. Oh, do you know, I, I actually thought, I wondered whether that was one that we should actually have a look at, Tommy. The Who. The Who, yeah. Yeah, it's a fantastic film. There's yeah. just a bit in there with the uncle. I've never seen it. Fiddling about, fiddling. Oh, you got to Never seen love it. it. Never You'd seen love it. it. So maybe that's one we're doing. Yeah, well, it is uh, Heat. great. Yeah, yeah, cool. I don't know the soundtrack for Heat. I don't. Heat's not a film I really know. I think I've put it into my films I own, but haven't watched part. Oh, because I only watched it when it first came out, but I cannot remember mm. it at all. Uh, Drive. That's Ryan Gosling. I can't really remember the no soundtrack in that. I'll take your word for it, Kristen. And Apocalypse Now again yeah. has come up. Yep. So uh, Gordon Jackson says Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, it's Queen's Greatest Hits, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Great you can't soundtrack. go wrong with that, can you? Queen's Greatest Hits is one of the like best-selling albums of all time, yeah. isn't it? Is it? Is it the best? Mm. I don't know what the best one. I don't know. It might be the what the best, best one yeah. is. Um, Simon Viles says any Tarantino yeah. film. Then he says Judgment Night. No, don't know what that is. The Beach. Oh yeah, yeah. Train Spotting yeah. again. Danny Boyle is another one who just knows where to pluck. All the pop culture Absolutely, references yeah. and songs. Lines it up nicely. The beach, good. Scott, Scott Pilgrim, again, that's uh, Edgar Wright. 500 Days of Summer. I don't know that film. I think my wife has told me to watch that film before. And I've told <laughs> her. And 24-Hour Party People. Well, that's a great film. Have you seen that with Steve Coogan? All about the Hacienda. Good soundtrack with the likes of uh, Joy Division and... Uh, happy Mondays and yes, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. oh yeah, stuff you can't like go wrong, can you? you can't go wrong. And then he says, "Oh, and the Crow and Lost Boys." Uh, the Crow's a film I haven't watched for a long time. Is that the one where he actually dies? Is it Brandon Lee? Yeah, yeah, Brandon Lee dies, but I can't really remember the soundtrack for that either. No, and the Lost Boys, yeah, good sort of eighties track, and don't Echo and the Bunny Men do the Doors? People are strange, didn't they? Yep, Nathan Kent. Says Shawshank Redemption, great score. Because because there is a slight difference, isn't there, between I guess scores and like the a score and soundtracks, a where it's more a compilation. Kind of just, yeah, like you said. Sort of. However, both both awesome. First soundtrack album I ever bought was Jaws, and that's it. Yeah, soundtrack. It was all the musical score by John Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That was the first CD I owned, even before I even owned a CD player. So you, so you were a geek, even Wonder. back then. Mm. Uh, Damien <laughs> Clegg says Pulp Fiction, Rocky IV, Reservoir Dogs, and Elvis. Yeah, of course, because Elvis yeah. just came out, and that's that's banging. That's that good. got yeah, me into good. listening to Elvis for a while. Actually, after I watched that film, it got me into watching documentaries about Elvis. Yeah, okay, right, okay, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair I'm enough. always more that. I always want to know the stories and the ins and outs yeah, yeah, of things yeah, when yeah. I watch stuff like that. This had some great answers, great response. Yeah, it's a really good one this week. It picked up Woo! one. Well done. I did something. Good. I did something. Yeah, it did one. Darren Court. Well, not even finished yet, Robin. Jesus. Darren Collard. Blues Brothers. Oh. Grease. Yeah. And Oliver. Oliver. Is that like the... So, got to pick a the pocket or do all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Oh, Greece is great. Stuff. I love the theme tune for Greece. It's 
my favourite off the Grease soundtrack. Which one? Grease is the world. Oh, yeah, I know, right? That's my favourite. But the Blues Brothers album, I only listen to that in the week, actually. I love it. I listen to it occasionally, still. Oh. Just great. She got the kid. I sang that at a uh, karaoke at a, a, a holiday camp once. Uh, to- holiday camp? Free holiday. Won us a free holiday. What? Only because no one else entered. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, doesn't matter. Well, after you'd sung but yours, really, they probably really all thought, what's want, the point? I really didn't want to do it. And Don said, look, do it, Trev, and we win a free holiday. And then they said, look, no one else has entered. If you do it, you've won by default. And I was like, oh, God. And I felt pressured to do it. And I said, like, all right. And then they announced me. But just as I got up on stage, I go, oh, we've just got the winner through from the pool competition, the junior pool competition, to see who won a holiday there. And Jaden, my son, won. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we've already won a holiday, but now I'm on stage. I've got to do it. And it's like, oh. So I've <laughs> done it anyway. two holidays in one? One evening. No, we won the same the same holiday. It's only to get people back to the holiday camp. It was a con, really. Yeah. Because we went, we was there in the summer. We went back in October. Everything was shit. Dark <laughs> and wet. It, it wasn't off. the same holiday. Yeah. It was like we shouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> they conned us. Basically. Love it. Uh, <laughs> Rob Jones says the crow. So the crow's come up twice now. Okay. I'll, I'll have to have a Gonna look. Gonna have back to listen into that one. Uh, he then says, "Into the Wild." Yeah. That's Eddie Vedder, isn't it? Out of Pearl Jam, does the soundtrack to that. Oh. Um, singles. I don't know what singles is. Nope. I think he might be joking with the next one, Batman. Well, unless he means the Danny Elfman score well, rather than the Prince soundtrack. I was going to say he may well mean the <laughs> Prince album. I, I, it. I mean, it is a soundtrack. <laughs> To a motion picture, quite a successful motion picture. But I, yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of Prince, and I, I just yeah. thought the soundtrack <laughs> it was it was like the turning point. It just didn't hit the mark, did it? It sort of like doesn't even gel to the film, does it? No, it's like when um, Jack Nicholson's sort of dancing to Party Man as he comes in and stuff, and I'm thinking, oh, it's not really been. Yeah. Not great. Yeah, and then he says into the Spider Verse. Ah, oh, great. Yeah, great film. Yeah, good music. Yeah. And then yeah. Gren Kiapra, last but not least, says The Wanderers. What? Karen Allen, 1979 film directed by Philip Kaufman. I vaguely remember the film The Wanderers. I blast from the past. I don't know. I can't remember the score, but maybe worth having a look at. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that was a good, good, good list there. Shout. Um, Harold and Maud, Cat. Stevens was supposed to do like the whole score, yeah, but he only wrote two songs in the end and then used others from his album because he didn't have time in the end. He got the job through they was going to cast one of my favorite artists. I know what you're gonna say, (laughs) (laughs) go on, Elton John was going to play Harold. Can you imagine you watching this film with Elton John? No, no. It wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have been a cult classic. It, no one would talk about it now. Um, but one of my favourite soundtracks, um, and I used to have it on CD. I don't own any CDs anymore. I got rid of them all. I oh. kick myself every day. Was um, The Life Aquatic with Steve Sissou. Yeah, yeah. 
Wes Anderson, and it had some of the uh, music by Mark Mothersburg, but then it had like loads of Bowie songs mm. and old 70s punk songs, Devo, people like that. It was just a great album. But also, a link there as well, coincidentally, Bud Court, who plays uh, Harold yeah. in Harold and Maud. That's what we're discussing. Yes. He's also the Bond stooge in The Life Aquatic with Steve Suzu. Is he now? Yeah. Ah. Looks nothing like it. It's hard to recognise him as the same person, but yeah. he is. He's lost his hair, hasn't he? Harold and Maud, 1971, starring Bud Court as Harold and Ruth Gordon as Maud. I've actually got the uh, cover here. I thought this week, rather than try and mumble my way through a description, <laughs> I'll just read the back of the cover. Yeah, I thought that last week. I was thinking, why don't we just read the blurb <laughs> on the back of the DVDs? And uh, <laughs> yeah. that would be the job done, wouldn't so, right, it? if we got the DVD. For God's sake. It's downloaded. We can't. Yeah. So, a classic cult film that features one of the screen's most unlikely pairs. It will defy everything you've ever seen or known about screen lovers. Bud Court is Harold, a young man bored with wealth but interested in death. And Ruth Gordon is Maud, a wonderful old rascal who can see nothing but good intentions in the world. Hal Ashby, coming home, being there, directed from Colin Higgins' foul play, first script. An outrageously funny and affecting film that proves love has no boundaries. Cat Stevens provides an uplifting musical score. Oh, doesn't he just? Don't he just, don't he just. So, yeah, how are the Maud then, Robin? First impressions. Okay, so I thought, right, I'm just going to watch this. I'll drag myself through it. First opening bit, walks along, shiny shoes. I'm like, hello, what's this then? Pretty dark, pointless. Music goes on, walks around. That's it, yeah, he puts a gramophone, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, steps up. Oh, he's going to hang himself. Feet start dangling. Oh, brilliant. What a lovely start to a film. <laughs> but I love the way it's all shot. Oh, it's brilliantly that, done. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's like all one, one continuous shot, that scene. And it's all really slight, like close up. And that shot where he's lighting the candle and it's like just a sliver of light from the window behind. It's a fantastic little shot. Yeah, you don't get a lot of him in it. You just kind of sort of see in his hands, his yeah. feet. And then he goes yeah. around and then he hangs himself and it's like, oh, Christ, what is this film? And then in walks his mother, who at the time <laughs> didn't realise it was his mother, just it's like, oh, is this a member of staff? Another, what is this? And yeah, and then and then from there, it sort of opens up into, well, what well, the she hell walks was in, that all about? Just completely <laughs> yeah. unaffected. She looks up and just, oh, tuts. Yeah. And then she's well, on the phone, cancelling a hairdresser's <laughs> appointment or something like that, isn't she? And, I was, and then uh, she still. walks out and she's like, Harold, we've got visitors tonight. Yeah. <laughs> all the time is just hanging there. You're like, what? Then it goes straight into her talking about uh, around the dinner table. And she's just like, oh, what, how, I can't think of the expression she uses for something about influence, but she says it in French about how her husband floats down yeah, the, she the says, Seine naked. She says, yeah, that's right. He, uh, his father was just the same. He, we was eating in a posh restaurant in France and he, he went out for a cigarette. And next thing I know, he's been a, arrested for floating naked down the street. 
testing out air currents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and so then, so it goes from that. And he, she says, oh, you're quiet tonight. And he says, I've got a sore throat. And she says, I'll eat your beets. And he just sort of starts chucking a load of beetroot in his mouth. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, well, why is this now? And then it flicks to the next bit where she's getting herself she's party's finished she's taking a wig off and all of that stuff and she walks into the bathroom and it's absolutely covered in blood <laughs> yeah. and he's laying in the bath and i'm and again i'm thinking what the hell am i watching here <laughs> and as this you know it's like it's really got me but i'm thinking oh this is dark this is i don't know what this is really all about what is going on with this and then she walks off and says, you know, oh, blah, blah, blah. I can't cope oh, with this anymore. Oh, I'm really anymore. sick of this. You need help, don't you, basically? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, sticks his tongue out. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> it's weird. And and I can't quite remember where it flicks to next. It doesn't even go to the psychiatrist next. Then it? it's the psychiatrist. The first time I watched it, I didn't notice the clothes. Yeah, they're identical clothes, clock, aren't they? And they're just identical clothes every time, yeah. <laughs> it drew me in straight away because of its oddity. And it's it was dark. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I really want to, have to watch something dark and su- all about suicide. You know, where are we going? Mm. And, then, and then it came, you know, as it went along, it's like, oh, so it's not about that. What is, you know, and it just pulls you in. It's just as you start. I mean, it is about suicide. I know, because he goes to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist says, "Um, what gives you special satisfaction or something like that, doesn't he? He says, "Uh, um, I go to funerals. (laughs) So then the next time you see him, he's at a funeral, just watching random funerals. And that's where he meets. Buys himself buys himself a hearse. Oh, he does. He buys himself (laughs) a hearse to drive to funerals. (laughs) But that's where he, he first meets Maud, because she goes yep. to funerals as well. So he sort of sees her sitting in the back, doesn't he, sneezing away. Yeah. And then it, the next one that he goes to, she's there kind of going, psst, getting his psst yeah. in the middle of the uh, ceremony. But before that, no, no, it isn't that one, is it? It's the one where she, yes, so it's in the church. It's in the church. And she sits with him and offers him some licorice. Mm. And then when she comes out, she, she's like chatting to him. And then she gets in her car and drives gets in off. a car. And then the vicar comes <laughs> out. It's like, that, that woman's just stolen my car. Yeah. <laughs> this film didn't appeal to me before I watched it. I was thinking, I don't really know if this is really something I've got to want to watch. Um, but every step of the way just pulled me in and just yeah, brilliantly yeah, it done. Is, it is Absolutely great, love this film. film. Absolutely love so it. I remember reading about yeah. it, as I said, in that Easy Riders Raging Bull. And I was thinking, that sounds a bit odd, but it sounds quirky. Yeah, quirkies, yeah. It still, I still didn't get what I was watching until, like you said, you start watching it and then it's like, oh, this is great. Because she is, it's it's about life and it's about death. Yeah. And she's someone yeah. who appreciates life and death. She's really quirky, really upbeat and someone he needs, really, because his mum is just awful. Oh, yeah. Then you've got his uncle Victor, and he's like a general. Gen- uh, or, with, his, or, with his hand. He's got like one arm. It's, go see Uncle Victor. He's General MacArthur's right hand man. And then when you see him, he hasn't even got a right hand. He's just got a sleeve. Yeah. And he's got a little pulley that he pulls a bit of string and the sleeve yeah. salutes. And, you know, and that's genius. It's it is brilliant. And and just so every step of the way, it just opens up, and you know the comedy pulls you in, the 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 sort of the 
the the humour pulls you in, but then so do the characters. So does so does Maud and so does Harold. Yeah, I think they are just so well done. I mean, Ruth Gordon. I don't know. I could tell you another film that Ruth Gordon's been in. Look, one of my favourite films, Rosemary's Baby. She won the Oscar for Rosemary's Baby. Right, as the overbearing. Okay, neighbour. Have you ever seen that? I think I've mentioned it before. No, I haven't oh, seen that. Uh, it is a great one of those. Again, same. Same time. Right. I think it was a couple of years before as well. Paramount Studios, so the same studio, and um, just one of those horrors that just sort of changed everything. It wasn't all about vampires and monsters. It's just really eerie. And she plays oh. the neighbour, basically, who befriends Rosemary. And she's all colourful and vibrant in that as well. She's very similar to this, but sickly. You know, there's something too overbearing. It's just oh, brilliant. You can see why she won the Oscar. Right. So um, their relationship is it's just so well done. Mm. It's so subtle in the way that they do fall for each other. Because yeah, it's not, you know, there's not loads like, of canoodling like you, and things, is there? It's not. No, it's like you it's said, you know, the, it, it, you, can, you can come up with a number of older men with younger women sort of thing in films, but this is the reversal and how is it going to be? But they, again, that's addressed beautifully in the, in the, in this film later on, isn't it? When they all express their opinion on them, on the marriage <laughs> and stuff. Um, so, yeah. So as it goes along and that's why the, 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 the picture, cause obviously the other thing that happens is, is, is overbearing mum decides that he's, she's going to marry him off by setting him up with a woman on a computer dating system. So she answers the questions, doesn't she? And <laughs> that's he's it. There she's with doing the questionnaire. <laughs> he's just loading a gun. Then he aims it at his mum and then he aims yeah. it himself, shoots himself in the head. So it's like all these, I mean, they're amazing suicides, but you think, how is he faking that? Yeah, well, yeah, the gun one was a little bit like, uh, it's all a bit like that. When he's hanging there, how's he hung himself? Where yeah. is he hanging from? It looks like it's around his neck. And, and likewise with the swimming pool, I was thinking, my God, he can it's hold his breath for some time, down. can't he? Because he was there for a long time. And his mum's just casually swimming next to him. <laughs> yeah, just, just like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah, the first date that comes round as well, and she's he's in yeah. the garden dressed as like a toga, <laughs> and uh, he waves at her. And she's like, oh, how lovely! Like, and then she's talking. The mum's sat with her back to him in the garden. You go and see him, and he's just tipping petrol all over himself. <laughs> then he sets himself on fire, and the girl's like screaming, and she's Harold! like, "Harold, Harold!" And then the mum goes, "Yes, here's Harold now," and he comes in from behind, <laughs> yeah, like, from off camera. That bit was just. His expression and his... Where he looks knowingly at the camera. Yeah, <laughs> just magical, because he breaks the fourth wall as well, doesn't he? Slow smile and a nod, doesn't it? And then looks at his mother, <laughs> go, oh, crap, I better not smile. And then looks down at the floor like, that's just brilliant. And just, you know, Cat Stevens breaking out after that, you know, absolutely sensational. But see, like the, the, the psychiatrist as well says, how many suicides have you staged and he says oh i don't know about 15 he says and this is all done for your mother's benefit and he says no um i wouldn't say benefit (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) but you know even that when he addresses with maud why he started doing that yeah you know and he gets very emotional it's just so good because you know clearly he got some sort of reaction from his mum there. 
but not a lot. And that's what he wants. Is a and reaction, he sort of he, right. he sort of realised that you know, as he says, I just wanted to be dead. I just enjoyed being. And dead. then she says. Yeah, and she said about, you know, a lot of people. So it's something obviously that registered with him and his from his mum's reaction. And, you know, she says a lot of people feel like that, yeah. but they're not living. They've you've just got to grab it and stuff. And yeah, it's just so clever the way that they they do turn it on its head in the sense that she brings life to his attention you know they go look up because the, she says oh this is all right is there anything else you like to do and then they're, they're sitting there having a picnic during the demolition site aren't they whilst the house <laughs> is being demolished and stuff yeah <laughs> and then they go and then she takes him to look at plants and stuff because of life and so on and then that's well, where this it's is all... it isn't it's, it's, they're at places where of beauty like yeah. hillsides and looking over valleys and then there are places of complete destruction yeah. but she seems to find beauty in all of it doesn't she you know it's like from the rubble will come something new is yeah. it you know it's yeah and that's her character isn't it because further mm. down the line and i mean you know even that the you you get an inkling because she talks about uh is it vienna when she saw the prince when she was young yeah so she's from yeah. europe um and then she kind of gets tearful, doesn't she, for a point and sort of disappears into her memories around mm. the past and being happy. And then she comes back and then, oh, 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 and moves on. So you kind of think, okay, so there's stuff there. She's hung up on something. Probably lost lost someone in the war or something, you know, that sort of thing, or yeah. something hung up on that. But it isn't right until you get that very Just brief glimpse, isn't it? Uh, it's the sunset isn't it yeah they have the sunset and they're sitting there and then it's just literally it's like two or three seconds isn't it where you catch the tattoo on her arm the numbers which is yeah. you know presumably Auschwitz or Auschwitz, you know so, yeah. so she's been she was in that concentration camp so then you know instantly it kind of goes it sort of drops in doesn't it ah so that's what that's her motivation that's that's the whole point of her suicide that's the whole point of yeah. her saying, I'm going to choose how to live and I'm also going to choose how to die because yeah. I'm free and that's my right, you know? Whereas clearly a lot of people she knew never had the opportunity or the, no. you know, the choice in their lives as to yeah. what happened to them. And I, I just thought that split second shot that just went, there it is. That's, you know, that's just, that's all you're going to get. That's all the information you get in about Maud. Yeah, it's no not mentioned anymore. Or but it's it? enough no. to know, you know? From that point on, you kind of go, ah, right. Everything about her kind of makes sense. Before, it was like, why but is she mental? <laughs> you know, what's Because she is mental. I mean, just like stealing but, cars. Because in the second funeral, she turns up in Harold's car, doesn't she? Yeah. Get in, Harold. <laughs> and he gets in and she's like, have you ever driven a hearse? He goes, yes. This is my hearse. And she says, your hearse? And he says, yours. <laughs> yeah. And then she, yeah, she says, oh, you should be driving me then. <laughs> but she just drives absolutely crazy, doesn't she? Foot to the pedal, I love sliding the car. all over the place. I love all the car scenes in this. They just feel so fast, don't they? Yeah, everything about this film is someone hammering it down the road. <laughs> <laughs> and the bit where they see um, Tom Skerritt, isn't it? The policeman. Oh, uh, and, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> just pull over, pull over. And she pulls over and he's like, is this your vehicle? No, no, it's not my vehicle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that your tree? It, what's this plant? Oh, it's <laughs> not my plant. No. <laughs> 
And then she just drives off. Is this going to take long? And then she drives off and he's chasing her. And then she's doing circles and he's like trying to keep up. And then she just leaves him. And then later on, he comes back again. She, he pulls her over and then she leaves him. No, she, he gets in the car, doesn't he? To go through all the documents. Yeah. And she gets out and she's like, grab the shovel, Harold. And then they nick his bike. <laughs> and he puts his arm up with his gun on to his shoot arm. His to shoot his gun. And Click. Click. <laughs> <laughs> but it just laughs at authority, doesn't she? I, I mean, there's the bit as well. There's the earlier bit where she parks up on the curb with the police and they come over and they all start looking in the car someone's done oh uh, any problems here officer yeah someone's you know parked the car just chucked the car up on the curb here right outside uh, the police station yeah she's like oh right yeah you might want to turn the battery uh, the uh, the radio off because it'll drain the battery is that car over there parked all right and he's like yeah it is and he's thinking oh look at that comical old woman and then it's just brilliant the way that he's sitting in the car as she pulls off at 90 miles an hour. And it's sort of, <laughs> yeah, you can sort of see his, like, it clocking, he's clocking what's just happened. And uh, oh, <laughs> that's just so clever. It's just so well done. But I mean, talk, go back to about to his mother and the dating. Um, yeah. She's like very, she wants to control him, doesn't she? They live, it's a mansion they live in. They're a real wealthy family. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, there's no worries, does he, in terms of like money or? She's like you say when she's like, "Oh, Harold, I'm going to find you a wife. We're going to do this computer dating," and she says something like, uh, "They cut out it cuts out the fat and the ugly, so you haven't got to worry about that." So already she's got this <laughs> boxed-in image of what people, what he should fall in love with. So what he ends up falling in love with is completely out of that box in Maud. Oh yeah. And yeah, just when you see, like at the end, you were saying that you know he announces to his mum he's going to get married, and she says who to, and he shows her the photo, and she's like, "Is this some kind of joke?" And then he walks off, and then you see the uncle saying, "You can't marry her. That's not normal." And then the psychiatrist <laughs> saying, "This is like you know most people have infatuation with you know they want to make love to, to their, their mother. mother, but do you want to make love to your grandmother?" <laughs> it's like, but the, it's the yeah. priest. It's the priest that he seems oh. to be reveling in the detail of it all. Didn't you? you want to have intercourse? <laughs> oh, and think about your young, firm body. <laughs> I got the impression that he was more interested in Harold, <laughs> <laughs> repulsed by the idea that he'd go for an old lady. Yeah, but at the same time, was kind of like dwelling on the the idea of the intimacy. <laughs> Your young, firm body mingling with her saggy flesh. <laughs> it's funny, he's like oh, talking dude. about her buttocks or something, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's great, the characters that come in and out, not just those, but the, uh, the uncle is just brilliant and how the mother wants to send Harold into the army. And uh, yep. she's like, go and see your uncle. And he's like, oh my God, I'm going to get drafted. And he tells... Um, Maud and they're like, all right, we, we'll sort this out. But when we'll he's talking to the uncle, just the uncle going, you know, World War Two gave us the ballpoint <laughs> pen. The two best wars we ever fought were against the Germans. I say, get them back on the other side of the fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he says, and um, Harold tells him the statistic about suicide, numbers of suicide going down during times of war. Oh, well, that's good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Germans was an enemy worth killing. That's a real war that the country can get behind because <laughs> obviously at the same time <laughs> vietnam and no one wants to go to vietnam no one knows why they're in vietnam do they no that's but it. then it cuts to the uncle 
reenacting the war, his battle when he <laughs> struck down. <laughs> Telling his story. And then I was on the stretcher and I grabbed him and I said, Did we hold? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Uh, in one of the funeral scenes earlier on as well, I think it's the funeral where she's they're outside and she's going pss, pss, trying to get her attention and everyone's looking around. Yeah, yeah. Cat yeah. Stevens is in that funeral party apparently. Yeah. Oh, is he? I only read that on IMDb. Ah. I didn't recognise him myself, but uh, so it might not be true. No. But. Okay. There probably is quite a few things. Little because we said about how Ashby turning up in there. Yeah, because he stood between them, isn't he, when they're looking at the train? That's right, yeah. It zooms out, it's zoomed into his face, isn't it? And then it just zooms right out. <laughs> like, yeah, he goes out and it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So it's this guy. It's like Hitchcock always had to be in his films, didn't he? So how Ashby's like, I'm going to be Yeah, I think, I think that's quite a cool mm. touch. I think you'd want to be. I, if I was, you know, if I was ever directing a film, I think, you know, you'd want to stick yourself in there somewhere, wouldn't you? Sitting there having a cup of tea in the background. Have you seen any of his other films? I haven't. Um, no, well. Be In There. Have you seen Be In There with Peter Sellers? Be In There. Yeah. A long, long time ago. I, it, I just remember it being. Yeah. Chance the Gardener, isn't it? Yeah. Just remember it being slightly weird. And he walks off into the air at the end, doesn't something he? Something like that, isn't it? Heaven? Yeah, he what does is... walk into the air or over the lake or something. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. But I bought a load of his films back when I was around the same time as I watched Harold and Maud. Harold and Maud was the one that stuck out for me. Yeah. Being there was great. He'd done Shampoo as well, which is all right. But I thought being there was good. It was sort of like... Me and Nathan watched a film called Bad Boy Bubby, which is about this bloke who's sort of kept in by his mum. He's a real idiot. He's like a grown man, but he thinks that he can't leave the house. Every time his mum leaves the house, yeah. he puts a gas mask on. And then when he realises that he doesn't need a gas mask, he kills his mum and then goes out. It's a real horrible film. <laughs> but he gets into all these situations that sort of make him look cleverer than he is and he just repeats things and he always ends up repeating things to someone else and it happens to be the right thing. He's heard someone else say it. He repeats it out of context, but they're like, oh, that's great. And being there was very similar to that, but not as gross and violent. And right. I think Peter Sellers is a real idiot in that, but he ends up yeah. becoming really high up in politics. That's it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, the other one that was stood out for me was the last detail with Jack Nicholson right. and Randy Quaid. And Randy Quaid has done like a, a crime in the army. He's got to be sent to, uh, sent to like army jail. Uh, court-martialed. Court-martialed. He's going to be court-martialed. Yep. And they're taking him across the country. Uh, and basically they just show him a really good time for his last week. Um, it's a great film. The cover looks really dodgy. If you Google the cover... What's it called? It's called The Last Detail. The Last Detail. It looks a bit... Um, oh, I can... Oh, oh, hang on. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, so... Oh, I see what you mean. So, because sort of like he's in a sailor it's Jack outfit Nicholson there, isn't in he? in a sailor weather? suit, topless with a, a cigar and a bit of a weird tash. Looks a bit village people. But that's... Yeah, that's a really great film. Oh, okay. And, and then the other one is Coming Home, which is like a Vietnam war film which i still haven't watched i own it but i never i've never watched it so it's one of those ah. but i own it i still have to watch but yeah i do think there's some great films it'd be worth watching films. another one or two i think so yeah i think this one stood out, look out for because them. it's so macabre and so surreal but then it's but got you know is it's it? got a real good message to it hasn't it it's not macabre. yeah i no it's not macabre her ethics sort of make a lot of sense as she's 
the way she tells it, isn't she? A hundred percent. It's like you shouldn't steal people's cars. Harold says to her, "You shouldn't steal people's cars." I think it upsets them, and she says, "Good." Yeah. I want people to know that you know you shouldn't hold on to things. Here yeah. today, gone tomorrow. Yeah, and that would have completely come from her experience with Auschwitz, wouldn't it? You yeah. know, that is exactly what happened no to them. They had all their no... possessions stripped away from them, and yeah. they were and and they were they were they were murdered. You know, and, and that's that's the whole point isn't it so she's kind of experienced that extreme so she's gone you know because she said about how she doesn't campaign and things you know she just does her own little sort of personal campaigns and things that's now, right because she used to be things, a, doesn't she? a revolution yeah, protester and stuff like revolting yeah. yeah and she's literally doing that isn't she and that's like he gives her the coin harold loves maud that's right yeah Is and it- she goes oh it's the loveliest gift you know best nicest gift anyone's given me for such a long time and then she throws it away. She throws it in the and river. She throws it into the water, doesn't she? And she says, and he's kind of looks at her. <laughs> and she goes, now I'll always know why I left it. And, you know, and it's, but it was that. And she, like she said, she doesn't have possessions. She just ha- comes across ac- accidents, accidental possessions, doesn't she? Things yeah. that just fall into her, uh, into her possession rather than she keeps things for herself. And, um, you know, that makes perfect sense because from where she came from. And that's what I'm saying. That tiny moment, that's, it's not macabre in the sense that that tight, that, that split second moment when you see that tattoo is genius mm. because it, it tells, you, tells everything you everything you need to, you know. need to know everything yeah. you know and like i said even down to explains her suicide because she she has a right she she chose when she wanted to die as much as she chose how she wanted to live yeah and she, you know from where she came from where that was not a choice oh brilliant so i mean i i, I did and i thought you know the message for um harold in that sense as well where it was you know very much like he he liked the idea of being dead and she taught him about life Mm. you know that that's exactly the point of it isn't it and at the end you know she taught him how to live he walked away at the end of it singing and dancing singing and dancing and kind of let go of that when at the beginning he was like i don't sing and dance the the e-type's gone off the cliff hasn't it yeah Exactly. Whereas I thought it was going to be macart and dark, um, it actually, you know, it actually wasn't. It's a positive, uplifting film, isn't it? Really, yeah, incredibly so. Yeah. Initially, it's it was just a quirky film, but actually, by the end of it, I was like, actually, it's a pretty powerful film. But it's completely a comedy at the same time, isn't it? It's and yeah, and yeah, exactly. And yeah, at the same time, it's done in a way that it is pleasant and and, and you can and see humorous. its influence on in films uh, sort of like a lot of Wes Anderson's films are hilarious but then really got serious sort of points to them and points being made and like Jojo Rabbit as well Taika Waititi Jojo Rabbit yeah I mean that was based on a, a really straight book right and he's turned it into a comedy but it's so well done that mm. you don't even notice it turning into a drama until it's like it's flipped you know there's a moment in that film and you're like yeah oh fuck this is serious you know it's not a joke anymore yeah and it's really clever how it works yeah i think it's it's very similar with this but the comedy in this is just great it's all subtle and it all it sort of sets things up and then pays them off later a lot like when his mum's like oh we've got to get rid of that awful car and then a bit later on she's like how old i've got a present for you and she takes him through and she's bought him an E-type jag. <laughs> and he just looks at it, he's like, oh. And then you see him just pick up a welding torch. And then it's not until, it's not until later on 
that you see that he's converted the type jag into a hearst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's still got a hearst. And, and uh, you know, like you said, though, subtlety is is a really good word to describe so much of this film. Nothing is, well, I guess the shock bits are the, the, the attempted suicide bit. They're the bits that kind of make you go, oh, God, mm. oh, look at the blood everywhere. Oh, he's hugged himself. Oh, that's not, they kind of cause a reaction. But the rest of the film, is done in such subtle yeah. movements, you know, because it's like them falling in love, you know. And I'm thinking, oh man, how's this going to go down? Because no, I don't want to see it. <laughs> you know, I really don't want to see these two getting it on. No, well, I think that, that how Ashby wanted to film that scene and Paramount were like, you are not filming them making love. That is not. So they didn't even film the scene. But you cut to him, he gives her the coin, doesn't he? And she throws it in the water. And then yeah, you see yeah. the fireworks. Yeah. And that's like, that's completely yeah. what it is. Yeah. And then uh, then it cuts to know, them in the bed. It, and he's just blowing the bubbles. And that's all you need to know, isn't it? Yeah. That was it. That was exactly all you needed to know. And, the, you know, but the, even the subtle ways in which they sort of just fell for each other. You know, you could see where it was going, but it was just so beautifully yeah. paced. It wasn't like, and you know, imagine... Let's just chuck this out there. Imagine they remade this film now. They're going to, aren't they? But they, well, will they? Because uh, could they? Could they remake this film? And ma- I mean, it was a stage production a stage as well, wasn't it? On this one, I believe. And I did read somewhere that this film, you know, but has played in a village in Germany, in a cinema, in a, in a, in a city in Germany, since 1975. It's played every single day in a cinema except for 10 weeks during COVID. Crazy. So, so bizarre. Why? Why uh, in Germany? <laughs> yeah. Well, who was responsible for the, not saying Germ- Germans of today were responsible for the um, Holocaust, but, you know, maybe it's got a relevance to that. I don't know. Yeah. But there's, um, talking about the scene that they didn't don't film, know. there's also a scene that they did film that didn't make the uh, make the film, but it's ascertained to in, like, when the priest is like, did you steal my car the other day? And she's like, oh, was yours? Yeah, yeah, I did then. And then he's like, and did you paint the saints? Did you? And she's like, yeah, why? Did you like them? Yes. No, I didn't. And she's like, oh, you'll get used to it or something. (laughs) You know, but there there was the scene. Yeah, there was a scene where she painted smiles on all the statues in the church, which they filmed, (laughs) but it never made it. But I mean, her philosophy is just great. She has no time. For borders and territories, you know, everyone, we're just people. We're all, we're all humans. Yeah. And so there's that lovely bit where she talks about the flowers. Yeah. And he says, he says about, oh, I want to be one of these flowers. And she's like, why? And he says, oh, because they're the same. They're all the same. I want to be the same as everyone. And she's like, they're not the same. They're all the same. Look at these flowers. Some are thin, some are fat, some have lost their leaves, some are bent, some droop to the left, some droop to the right. We're all individual. It's uh, Monty Python all over again, isn't it? It is. Consider the lily. <laughs> but, you know, it, but and it's a good message. And it's a nice, it's, it's the message that he needed. I mean, she brings him to life, doesn't she? You know, she shows him, yeah. she shows him there's more to, to his life than these, just faking these suicides. And so he completely falls in love with her. She falls in love with him. They, they kind of, he, he then says, Mum, I'm marrying her. Yeah. And then he, so he sets up, doesn't he, the, the birthday, the 80th birthday. Because she alludes to the 80th birthday 
that at the very first time he meets her, doesn't right? He? At the first, first time, the first yeah. Thing she says to um, him, and then it's kind of not talked about. You don't again. realize the significance yeah. Because she talks about eighty-five being past it, seventy-five being just you know still got a bit to go for. Too young. Eighties, yeah. just the age, you know. Um, so then he goes, gets it all set up, doesn't he? And he he fills the place with sunflowers that he's made and. She says oh, I something like, I want to be there at that time or something. You know, the pills are already kicking in or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then there's that sort of pause. Like, <laughs> right, he's clocking. For a long time, he's just staring at her. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then once, once that play, once that, scene then follows up he goes to they go to the hospital and he, they're in the ambulance and he's saying you know please don't die please don't go and then when they get into the hospital then the music starts and from that moment on it's just kind of um two different scenes isn't there there's him in the car driving like a maniac yeah and then there's him in the hospital and it's sort of flicking between the two isn't it whilst he's waiting to find out what's happened to her the the fact that he's driving on his own would suggest that it hasn't gone well. And then you see the car fly off. Off the edge. Blow up at the bottom. But then the slow pan and you see him at the top with his banjo. Because yep. he's learnt to play a banjo with us. Yeah, yeah, of course. He's yeah, taught him talk, to play the banjo. Everyone should play a musical instrument. Yeah, the editing in this film's great. And I mean, that's where uh, Hal Ashby entered the film industry yeah. through editing. Yeah, right, okay. And um, there's the old um, Sidney Poitier film, In the Heat of the Night. And he actually won the uh, the Oscar for best editing for that film. So he knew his stuff. Yeah, I just and I think his directing's great, and you can see the influence from the new wave sort of uh, foreign films, the way it's shot and the close ups, especially that opening close up shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And watching um, Last Tango in Paris the other night, very similar the way it's shot. Okay. You know, yeah. and the the camera movements, but there's some beautiful shots in this, isn't there? Like mm. where they're talking about the flowers, and then the camera pans out from them. Oh yeah, they're in that graveyard, and it just keeps going and going and going and going. And there's just thousands upon thousands of like gravestones, and it's just an amazing shot. Exactly, and when it drops right out, it doesn't just flick; it sits. Yeah. Yeah. For for a few seconds, just for you to actually take in. To comprehend what you're looking at. Like, yeah, yeah, actually comprehend the amount of gravestones that are there. Mm. And then it moves on. Is that like a war it's, it's, memorial? Is that war I guess it must stones? be. I guess it must be. I'm reading a book about the presidents of America at the moment. And it, it, it does say in there that the most deaths of Americans is through their civil war, not the Second World War. I don't know. How much truth there is in that, but so it might be the the civil war, because isn't that like the the uncle as well? You want to be like Nathan Hale? Oh, yeah. I salute you, Nathan Hale. He's <laughs> got that picture of him, and Nathan Hale was like a, a someone from the civil war, wasn't he? He was a soldier right, okay. from the civil war. Talking of his salute, there was a bit as well that I wanted to talk about it earlier, but I didn't because it was jumping ahead. But there's the Which, bit where they set up the Maud falls into the water. And again, you talk about the just the little editing in the clip. It's the fact that you're looking down on the hip, the, down the hole, the hole to the water. And all you've got is the reflection of him with his sleeve up saluting as he's looking down. It's just genius. But that's how they convince him that he's not ready for the war because he's just like yeah. too obsessed. Oh, what? I could, just, you mean I could that. kill someone? Oh, and I could stab them. I could take souvenirs. What about <laughs> souvenirs? <laughs> and then he pulls out the little head. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get the little head? 
Oh, it's just and great. it's the fact that he takes him to that. Well, I, get, I don't know, what, what was it? Sort of like a, because there was lots of military folk there without limbs. Yeah, it seemed to be like a hospital of some sort, didn't it? And there's that bloke just falls over in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a good choice. A good choice to come here. Yeah, he's really proud and patriotic to be. But um, this now will sit in my top 10 of films, I think. I think so. I think it has to. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you liked it as much as you did because um, there's certain films when I begun doing this podcast, I was like, one day mm. I'm going to get to Harold and Maud. I was going to say, for me, in the, this podcast, this is one of the things that I'm getting from it is, you know, it's challenging me in a way It's to watch films that I wouldn't yeah. have watched otherwise, you know. This is one of them. And um, yeah, it's just brilliant. It's just absolutely brilliant. You, you know? never know what you're going to find out there, do you? No. And that's why I think, you know, it's it's good that we have a nice, a, a good mix like this. And I've, 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 I've really, really enjoyed this one. And so but I would now say to anyone that hasn't watched it, yeah, do watch it. Cause, watch it. Yeah, definitely. This is definitely a watch it. This is a WN yeah. movie talk thumbs up, mate. So, yeah, thanks, Robin, for watching that and joining ah, me. Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have listened to this and you do like this podcast, then please do subscribe, give us a rating, share us, anything like that to help sort of promote the channel would be much appreciated. Uh, if you want to contact us and suggest films, then please wnmovietalk oh, yes, at gmail.com. Or if you want to go over on our Facebook or Instagram, then just forward slash WN Movie Talk Podcast. And you can find us over there. But there we go. Thanks ever so much for joining us. And we'll see you all again soon. Chase! <laughs> <laughs> Say bye, Robin. Oh, bye, Robin. Bye, Robin.